Hey Hennes fans, this episode might contain scenes that include violence and sensitive details. Listener discretion is advised. Also, do remember to click on the notification bell to get reminded whenever we upload a new episode. Enjoy. Two men sat across each other in a room. One of them had a hammer in his hands. The other held an electric jigsaw. Both of them looked at the stone-cold corpse lying in the middle of the room. The corpse of their roommate. In the last episode of Heinous, we learned that 43-year-old Rashid Muhammad and 25-year-old Ramzan Rizwan had smothered their roommate to death after the pair had lost a substantial amount of money to him while gambling. They had tried to ask the victim to return the money earlier, but he refused. This was when Rashid lost control of his temper and smothered the 59-year-old Muhammad Noor to death. His accomplice Ramzan then removed the drawstring from his pants and looped it around the victim's neck before he tightened it and watched Muhammad's life slip through his hands. The heavy corpse was left in a room, covered with bedsheets and towels. One of his arms was sticking out and Rashid quickly kicked it back under the sheets. The duo panicked as they realised they had to get rid of the body before someone found out. In a hurry, they left the apartment at Rural Road and headed to the nearby department store. The pair returned with two large suitcases, a hammer and an electric saw. Now, the two men sat across each other in the room, looking at each other. They knew what they had to do, but were dreading it. You go first, Ramzan said. No, you go first. Rashid replied. Ramzan's hands were shivering as he touched Muhammad's cold body. This is Heinous an Asian true crime podcast brought to you by Mediacorp and produced by OneUp Media. An unattended corpse is extremely susceptible to decomposition. Human decomposition begins around 4 minutes after death and follows a series of stages. The first stage is autolysis, known more gruesomely as self-digestion. This process begins almost immediately after death. As soon as blood circulation and respiration cease, the body has no way of getting oxygen or removing waste. Excess carbon dioxide causes cell membranes to release enzymes that begin eating the body from the inside out. After a few hours, rigor mortis would begin to set in. This is when small blisters begin to appear all over the body. The body will appear to shine and the skin's top layer will begin to loosen. This was probably the state of Muhammad Noor's body as the pair began cutting him apart. The pair knew they had to get rid of the body in the room 
So they came up with the idea to divide the body into smaller, more compact pieces so it could fit into the luggage bags that they bought. As they hacked and broke down the corpse, they failed to account for two things. A massive amount of blood would spill out as they made the cuts, staining everything in its path. The stench of the decomposing body was also extremely pungent. They could hide the body, but they couldn't hide the smell. Rashid gagged continuously as a rancid smell emerged while cutting through Muhammad's stomach and intestines. Ramzan, the smell. I'm going to throw up, Rashid said as he watched the skin on Muhammad's body start to peel off by itself. We need something to wrap him up with. We can't put him in like this. It's too obvious, Ramzan said. The electric saw isn't strong enough. The bones are too thick. We need a bigger saw. Rashid replied. The pair then took a break from cutting up the body and headed out to the nearby shops. Your face. There's blood. Wipe it properly, Rashid told Ramzan as they exited the lift of the nearby Mustafa Center. According to the records, the pair had headed out to get trash bags and a bow saw. They then returned to continue sawing up the body and placed the dismembered parts into trash bags. Once the severed parts of the body had been packed, they stuffed the trash bags containing his body parts into the luggage bags and got ready to make a move. Look, the bloodstains are all over, Ramzan said. It doesn't matter. We'll dump him in the cemetery and leave ASAP. No one will know. Quickly, help me to move this, Rashid said as he struggled with the weight of the bags. Rashid, the blood is dripping. Look, stop talking and move the bloody bags out. It was the 11th of June, 2014. Traffic was heavy along Syed Awi Road. The restaurants along the road were also packed with the lunchtime crowd. Prior to this, the pair had wiped the room clean of the blood that was spilled all over during the hacking process. By this time, they had already dragged the two suitcases to the lobby of the apartment. One of the suitcases contained the upper quadrants of the body, while the other contained the lower half. The two men were sweating profusely as they stopped to catch their breath. Let's go, Rashid said as he wiped the sweat off his forehead. Which way to the cemetery? Rashid, there's so many people outside. Someone's going to notice. Ramzan spoke as he grabbed one of the luggage bags. There's no time to think about that. Just follow me. I know the way. The cemetery was located at Jalan Kubor, about a seven-minute walk from the apartment. The afternoon sun was grueling and it had dried the bloodstains on the luggage bags, darkening the bright red blood into a dark maroon shade. As the pair walked across side Awi Road, something happened that would seal their fates. Rashid, the wheel broke. The blood is dripping, Ramzan exclaimed as the blood started to leak out from the plastic trash bags inside the suitcase. Rashid turned around and said, There's no time to stop. Help me with this one. We'll come back for that later. Ramzan and Rashid would continue their journey to the Muslim cemetery. Both of them had one hand on the luggage bag that contained the dismembered body of Muhammad Noor. When they arrived at the cemetery, they would abandon the luggage bag beside a wall. That was the last time they touched the bag 
before doubling back to retrieve the other one, hoping the second trip would be smoother than the first one. But without the wheels on the back, they knew they had to carry the weight of Muhammad's body with their physical strength, something they were not looking forward to. An elderly man by the name of Tan Tin Lok was a regular around the streets of Syed Awi Road. He worked as a rag and bone man and spent majority of his time collecting recyclables like cardboard and aluminum cans. He would bring the collected items to recycling plants where he would trade them in for money. Rag and bone men like Uncle Tan would also collect a variety of other items, including old TVs, computers and CDs. On that very same day, the 11th of June 2014, one would have found Uncle Tan pushing his trolley along the back alleys of Said Awi Road. Only this time, his collection would be different. Inside his trolley, there was a luggage bag. Uncle Tan pushed his loot along an alley behind the coffee shops. When one of the wheels slipped off the pavement and the entire trolley turned on its side before crashing on the floor, Aluminum cans were flung out of the trolley, while the luggage bag tumbled and landed in the middle of the alley. Uncle Tan fell with the trolley, but his fall was broken by some cardboard on the ground. Startled by the sudden fall, Uncle Tan struggled to get up. Uncle, are you okay? Let me help you, a man said as he dashed across the street. Uncle, you need to be careful here. This path is so narrow. Are you okay? Do you need to see a doctor? The man said, as he helped Uncle Tan up. He then flipped the trolley back on its wheels and helped to put the items back inside. Thank you, young man. Thank you so much. Uncle Tan said as he folded the cardboard. What's inside here? It's so heavy. The man said as he tried to lift the luggage bag. Uncle, is that blood? Your shirt? Uncle, what's inside? Uncle, is that... Is that a dead body? Hello, police. There's a luggage bag with a body inside. There's blood. It's everywhere. I'm at Side Awi Road, the alley behind the big coffee shop. Please come now, quickly. Roll it back again. Play it one more time. Police investigations led the officers to Mustafa Center. They retrieved the footage from the security cameras of the area and scanned through hours of video before finding the suspects. There. Pause it right there. The CCTV footage showed two men of South Asian ethnicity leaving the store with a saw and two luggage bags. Upon further investigations, the police were led to an apartment on Rowell Road where they interviewed a man named Naraj Chantna, one of the landlords of the house. Do you recognize these two men? An inspector asked Mr. Chantna. Yes, I do. They are my tenants, Rashid Mohammed and Ramzan Rizwan. On the 12th of June 2014, one day after the death of 59-year-old Mohammed Noor, police tracked down Rashid Mohammed and Ramzan Rizwan. They were arrested and taken into custody. Following the arrests, Rashid led the police to the Muslim cemetery along Jalan Kubor. By the wall of the cemetery, the police discovered the black Swiss polo luggage bag that had been abandoned by the pair. They opened it 
and found the dismembered bottom half of Muhammad Noor. Because the body of Muhammad Noor had been dismembered, forensic pathologists had to conduct extensive examinations to determine the cause of death. Associate Professor Gilbert Lau for forensic medicine at the National University of Singapore examined the corpse and concluded that evidence of smothering was consistent throughout the body. He also found other injuries on the body. These included abrasions across the neck and a fracture at the base of the thyroid cartilage. He believed that these injuries might have been caused after Muhammad Noor had already died, as there was a conspicuous absence of hemorrhaging in those areas. With the sheer amount of evidence and the findings from the pathologist, Rashid Muhammad and Ramzan Rizwan were charged with the murder of Muhammad Noor and thus taken to court. The atmosphere of a murder trial is often tense and sometimes dramatic. The case of Rashid and Ramzan was no exception. According to official court documents, both men did not dispute that they were in the room at the time of the attack. They pointed fingers at each other for causing the death of Muhammad Noor. Rashid claimed that despite gambling with Muhammad Noor, he did make a small profit of two to three hundred dollars overall. He said it was Ramzan who had lost money and that it was he who wanted Muhammad Noor dead. He also claimed that the only reason he had helped to murder Muhammad was because Ramzan was a dangerous drug addict and had allegedly threatened to harm Rashid's family if he refused to help. As a result, Rashid was frightened into being Ramzan's accomplice. On the other hand, Ramzan testified that he had lost a total of $1,100 while gambling with Muhammad Noor and pleaded with him to return his money. When the victim refused, it was Rashid who suddenly reached across Muhammad Noor's body and smothered him with his t-shirt. During this time, Rashid had also instructed Ramzan to hold the shirt over Muhammad Noor's mouth so he could then strangle him with the drawstring taken from his pants. Both men turned against each other and continued denying any intention to kill. But as the two men continued the allegations, the truth would emerge and catch them off guard. Ramzan continued to say that he only did this to scare Muhammad Noor. He had hoped to snatch the money and run away. But when he saw Rashid taking out the drawstring, he ran out of the room in panic without taking any money. However, upon his arrest, the police found a total of $3,318 in Ramzan's possession. The High Court Judge Chu Han Tek also pointed out that he did not believe that Rashid was threatened and frightened into helping Ramzan. Rashid was older than Ramzan by 18 years. At the time of the killing, Ramzan was only 25. The judge wrote in his final statement, I am reinforced in my view that Rashid was the leader by the manner and appearance of both men in court. The threat itself was also not credible. Rashid's family was in Pakistan and would therefore have not been easily reachable by Ramzan. The judge also went on to say that smothering and strangling are not actions one would associate with the mere intention of frightening someone. As we follow the key events from the trial, it became clear as day that robbery was the main motive for the killing because of the money found on the accused. Videos and photographs of the bloodied luggage bag circulated all over the internet. It became a viral sensation at the time. People were shocked that such a heinous crime could take place in Singapore. 
supposedly one of the safest countries in the world. A video showing the very moment police officers opening the luggage bag has been uploaded onto platforms such as YouTube and Facebook. The video went viral, gathering thousands of views and comments. If you're curious, you can find the video on our TikTok at heinous underscore one-up media. As for the accused, Rashid Muhammad and Ramzan Rizwan, the judge concluded that the pair did intend to kill Muhammad Noor. He found them guilty of murder and sentenced them to death on the 17th of February 2017. A week later, they went on a plea with the Court of Appeals, but it came as no surprise that their appeals were all dismissed. In early 2018, just before the break of dawn at Changi Prison, Rashid Muhammad and Ramzan Rizwan were executed. A grisly find at Said Alwi Road at the Jalan Basar area. A body was found stuffed in the suitcase. Police said they received a call for assistance just after six this evening that an upper body without both legs had been found in a piece of luggage. It is believed the victim is male. A Karanguni man who collects old and discarded items to sell reportedly found the body in the suitcase when he opened it. Police have classified the case as unnatural death. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast brought to you by MediaCorp and produced by 1UP Media. If you would like to share some feedback or suggest other cases that you would like us to cover, you can reach out to us via email at heinous at oneupmediapodcast.com or through our Instagram or TikTok page at heinous underscore oneupmedia. This episode of Heinous was researched, produced and written by Yo Guangjin with audio engineering by Ethan Sam. Special thanks as well to executive producers Danny Cordy and Barry Toh from MediaCorp. We hope to see you again soon in the next episode of Heinous.